Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Black Buffalo products are intended for adults age 21 and older who are consumers of nicotine or tobacco. If you're an adult age 21 and older and use nicotine or tobacco, I want to tell you about Black Buffalo's award-winning nicotine pouches. What are they made of? Cured edible green leaves, food-grade ingredients, and pharmaceutical-grade nicotine. No tobacco leaf or stem. So if you're 21 and older, consume nicotine or tobacco and want to join the Black Buffalo herd, head over to blackbuffalo.com to learn more. You can order nicotine pouches online and they ship directly to most states. Or check out their store locator to purchase pouches at thousands of retail locations around the country. Black Buffalo Tobacco Alternative. Bold flavor, full pouches. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Continental Extreme Contact DWS 06+. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. What is going on, everybody? Three and Out Podcast, live right now from my hotel room. Uh, yeah, it was a long night, so uh, <laughs> we are coming down the home stretch. I'm boarding a plane here in about seven, eight hours, maybe a little less than that, five or six hours. Uh, got a big show today. Sean McDermott, head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Matt Nagy, head coach of the Chicago Bears. I've had a big week. I talked to Howie Roseman as well. We'll put that out next week. Uh, yesterday, my guy, Super Bowl champion, Andy Reid, talked to him for about 30 minutes. We'll do that next week as well. Uh, but today we'll have we'll have Sean McDermott, Matt Nagy. Uh, yeah, it is just, I, I can't say it enough. I feel so fortunate. It was so out of my control that my opportunity in the NFL came from Coach Reed, who on a staff had, I mean, last night, bump into Doug Peterson, Deuce Staley, those are my guys, Matt Nagy, Sean McDermott, I, you know, I just got to meet Brett Veach, Howie Roseman, all these guys that just were all on the staff all at once. Like, I, I, I didn't control that. If I would have been with the Jacksonville Jaguars or, you know, I, I don't even know, the Minnesota Vikings, I wouldn't know anybody. So it's just, there is an element of just, I, I can't recording this how lucky I am that was completely out of my control and that gives me so much credibility I mean I see people out at night uh they, they listen to the show combined with Colin and Coach Reed I mean I, I can't it's 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 pretty freaking cool there's there's no doubt about it I mean there aren't many Super Bowl head coaches the dude won the Super Bowl less than a month ago had me to a suite just held court for I mean we recorded for about 30 but hung out for another probably 20 he's one of the coolest dudes going I love coach Reed love all the guys associated with him and you'll hear Sean McDermott Matt Nagy these guys are younger coaches I mean they are so so such high level guys Uh, really cool week and we'll dive into maybe just a couple things that are going on this week off the top and and then we'll dive into the interviews maybe do a little recap of last night kind of hard because you don't want to throw guys under the bus. I mean, they're not throw under the bus, but act like they're out and about. You know, it's one of those things. You're with a bunch of famous people out at night. And again, I'm so lucky. Like, I, I can just be standing next to, and I just know these guys. Like, I'm sitting there with Doug Peterson and Deuce Daly. Because they don't look at me like the media guy. They look at the guy that worked with them. I mean, this guy won a, a Super Bowl a couple years ago. And then you got Vrabel, who, I, I mean, I just talked to briefly because I know Mike Silver. 
who works for the NFL Network, Mike Vrabel might be the baddest MFer in the league. Like Mike Vrabel is just a cool ass dude. I see why the stories that Tom Brady might go to the Titans. I'd want to kick it with Vrabel too. I, I know John Robinson through the general manager of the Titans. They got a good thing going. Vra- Vrabel is a badass. L- love that guy. The, the combine man is just a. It's a unique football guy convention where the football guys hang out with the media guys. A lot of booze gets drank, but also a lot of grind. Like Coach Reed's not going out. That, it's, that's the thing. Like Belichick's not going out. I go into Coach Reed's, you know, room yesterday. He's watching tape. Dude won the Super Bowl four weeks ago watching draft guys. Like, you ain't outworking that guy. Honestly, it's kind of inspiring. It, it really is. And now I know I've seen it firsthand. It's not like I'm shocked when I see it. But you just realize, like, this guy's on a mission, just, just a grinding mission. Like, you, it's impossible to outwork him. I don't know Belichick, but I, I'm, I imagine he's doing the same. Like, there ain't much screwing around. Now, you, it's, it's a hard balance. Like, you, you can go out and stuff and still be an accomplished guy and kick ass. I mean, there were Super Bowl winners out last night. But just know this. Like, you're out and about. Andy's watching, guys. Like, Andy's looking for a leg up. Probably doing some scheme eval. Doing something. And, I, 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 again, I would imagine Belichick's doing the same. Like I've, I've never heard a story of, you know who I ran into last night at uh, taking shots at tequila? Belichick. <laughs> That's not happening. But uh, they might they might say that about John Middlecoff, but the combine, it's sure starting to feel like Tom Brady's going to leave, like he's going to go to the Titans. I mean, there were some reports this morning that'd be pretty cool, and I, I wouldn't blame him. I've been in Nashville once; it's awesome. I like country music. I, I like just the vibe of that place. Uh, Mike Vrabel is his boy; they're pretty good. That'd be pretty cool. I mean, I I couldn't blame him. Uh, it sure feels like Jordan Love is a lock to go, like in the top fifteen. I, I I honestly need to watch some film of him because I haven't watched any, but it's it's not going away. Uh, I, I, the other thing is, I, I know like Daniel Jeremiah is down on Herbert talking to. I, I went out before I went out with a bunch of scouting buddies. That their time for the next four days. Like if you're listening to this on Friday, the the weigh-in start at seven a.m. These guys are at Lucas Oil Stadium from 7 a.m. to 11 o'clock at night for four straight days because you got weigh-ins, interviews, and then the workouts. It really is pretty insane. W- one of my buddies was like, "Yeah, we get like a 30-minute lunch break. I mean, it's like a 15-hour day." But you know, Belichick and and, and Coach Reed—they're not hungover for that day. They're ready to grind. So it's—I don't think anyone really is going to be once the workouts start because the, the timeline is pretty nuts. Uh, but yeah, Jordan Love. I, my buddies were telling me they like Herbert a lot. I think some, he's going to get nitpicked. But that's what happens to top quarterbacks. They, they get nitpicked. But th- there's going to be four quarterbacks that are going to go really, really high. I mean, two in Burrow are going to go top. I got one for you. I would not discount just talking to people, the Washington Redskins taking a quarterback at number two. That is on the table. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think everyone just assumes it's not going to happen. I would not assume that. But just know there's a possibility. Dwayne Haskins stinks. Everyone in the league thinks he stinks. No one understands why they drafted him that high. He's got questions about work ethic and stuff. There is Ron Rivera is an old school grinder. You think he's going to want Dwayne Haskins? I actually, the more I'm just thinking about it, I, no chance. I, I would not be. I actually kind of expect them to take a quarterback in number two, and the Lions actually might get lucky getting Chase Young in number three, but. If you're listening to this, the workouts happened. I guess the quarterbacks would have thrown Thursday night, so I I've been I flew home, so I didn't get to watch that. We'll talk about I guess all the workouts next week. My other takeaways from the combine is just it's it's a fun event. You know, if, if you're a football guy, uh, I, I'd recommend coming out. I, I ran into a new friend last night. I guess he lives in the Bay Area. Big Colin Coward fan found me through there. Darius Hayward Bay, dude's the man. So uh, it turns out he lives by me. Grab some dinner with him. Got a new friend. DHB, baby. I'm definitely the, the slowest guy at that dinner if it ever happens. It's going to happen, actually. I got his number. Uh, it, you just football. That's the thing about the combine. You like football geek fest. You know, you're like, you're just geeking out with people. I, I ran into Bruce Feldman last night. I mean, I'm just peppering him with questions about the SEC, the Big Ten. Uh, you, you, put, you put me in an environment with a lot of football guys. I can just be out all night because I can just ask questions so the cows come home about things I'm thinking about. I want to know about Lane Kiffin. I want to know about, you know, this coach going there, this player going there. It's uh, I, I'm really glad I came, lucky to have come, 
and uh, v- very fortunate to have talked to the people that I got to talk to. And I hope you enjoy uh, these couple interviews, a little back-to-back, a little bang-bang here with uh, Sean McDermott and Matt Nagy. Let's, uh, let's start it off with the Bills head coach. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. They help you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Did you know 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites? LinkedIn's the only one I use. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Juan Gabriel. Juan Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast. To start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Very pleased to be here. Could I, maybe I should refer to him as the veto of the Bills Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> Head coach of the Buffalo Bills, Sean McDermott, what's going on? Uh, it's good to be here with you, buddy. It's uh, been a long time, but good to, good to be here, and uh, we're excited about this offseason in, in Buffalo. That's awesome. I mean, two of three years you've made the playoffs. I remember, I guess, three years ago, Andy Dalton comes through. The next year he gets a standing O yeah, uh, in front of the Bills. Right. You make the playoffs at 9-7. and seven. Yeah. This year, I would imagine, felt a little different, probably a little more complete of a team. You yeah. have a, you know, your young quarterback, and you guys are building for something big picture. Yeah. It was just, had to be a pretty special year. Yeah, it was, and it's, it's really special because of the people that we have in Buffalo and the, and the staff and the players around me and – and uh, I'm just one one small piece of it, and and so we've been able to build a culture with those people that makes it an exciting and fun place to be. So how do you balance being excited? It was a big year, but not you know you you played pretty well in the playoff game for a large percentage of yeah. it. Obviously, in your division, the, the bar is set there with the Patriots. I mean, is how do you balance being you know having being fired up on the year, but shooting for what ultimately you want to take the next step? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that's the important piece that you that you ended with there is is taking the next step and really, you know, you start every year zero and zero, and so um, we're not just going to start with ten wins like we did last year and have to add a couple. You got to start and flush last year and start anew, and 
Um, having said that, though, you know, our biggest competition, with all due respect to everyone out there, is we got to compete with ourselves first. And that comes back to our standard of performance and, and how we do things and the bar that we set for ourselves. Is that the next goal, winning the division? Like if you said, it starts with you guys. You know, in the yeah. division, there's the you know, white elephant, I guess you call them. They've dominated the league for 20 years. You guys played really well against them this year, yeah. really well in both games. Is, is that what you're shooting for? I mean, is that the goal? It's certainly, it's certainly one goal. of the things we're going to have to do is to, is to beat New England um, because they've had such a stranglehold on the division. Um, you know, so, we've, again, in order to do that, though, we've got to get ourselves right. If we're not right internally, then we won't be able to beat anybody out there. The opponent um, is first within and then, and then outside, and so we've got to make sure we master ourselves first, which means making sure that our process and our operation is right. We add the right players to the players in the core group that we already have. Um, and we're very protective of that internal group there, and and so um, and then develop uh, as we continue to move forward. Is there a specific area you saw in 2019 that your team took a jump? Well, I thought our offense took a jump. Uh, defensively, we've been top two or three the last couple of years there, and and Leslie Frazier's done a really good job leading that effort with our offense, with our defensive staff, and then offensively, with the group Brian Dables put into into place now, and our coaching staff and the players we added. Uh, we took a step. I think there's another step yet to be taken, and, and that's really what we're committed to this offseason. How many wide receiver questions have you already got today? <laughs> well, I think, look, some people know when you've got a this young This is a podcast, a so we'll be lighter here. <laughs> when you've got a young quarterback, uh, people want to see the young quarterback have success, and, and we do too, believe me. And so we were able to add a few weapons last year, last offseason, and those weapons had career years, and that's a credit to everything we're doing in Buffalo, including Josh Allen in this case and so look it's an exciting team to play on it's an exciting place to be and and uh, we're looking to add as we move forward. Speaking of wide receivers one thing that just thinking about hearing you talk that jumped out to me this year is on Thanksgiving you get a big win and you celebrate with Cole Beasley in the locker room that that had to be a pretty special moment. That was awesome awesome man just you know you remember you you collect moments going through your career whether as a player or a coach in this case for myself and and that's one of those moments that, that I now will have with me my entire life um, just being able to watch Cole, uh, and he had no ill will towards no. his old team, but to have that type of night and then for the team to celebrate like they did. On Thanksgiving. waiting for him on Thanksgiving night to come in the locker room. I mean, it was just as pure as sports are anymore. It was, it was that pure. Do you find that sometimes, head coach, you've been in this business a long time, that the purity of football, I mean, you got into this, like most people do, making no money for the love of the sport. Yeah. And then the money that gets thrown around, the money you make, being a head coach, the fame, all, yeah. all that stuff that comes along. Is that a hard balance? Well, I, I don't – I mean, I think you got to keep your, your core values intact, right? And I've been blessed to um, make the money that I've been able to make through this business. Um, having said all that, I know it, it's been a blessing from, from the good Lord above, not anything that I've done. And, and it's been a result of a lot of hard work by myself and a lot of people around me, good people around me, um, great support by my family. And so um, that balance is, I mean, for me, it's easy to keep that balance because I'm humbled every day yeah. by, by my family and by where I come from. On a 1 to 10 scale, what would you say your love of football is, if 10's as high uh, as I guess? 10's, I think 10. Yeah, I mean, I'm 12? passionate. 12, <laughs> yeah. You know, I think the one thing uh, that has uh, stood out to me over the last couple of years, you know, as you get older and you, you go through life experiences and you start to really get a feel for what matters and, and the ingredients that lead to success, and I think passion um, is one of those ingredients yeah. that you find in whatever field of work people are in, pa- people that are passionate about what they do, um, are usually pretty good at what they do. And so I think that's the biggest thing that for myself is I'm passionate about football. It's not who I am um, because I'm, I've got a lot of other things to offer than just who I am as a football coach, but I am passionate about what I do. You were telling me, uh, I asked you if you listened to podcasts before we jumped on, and you said yeah, and you listed some of Joe Rogan and just some other uh, interesting podcast. What are your go-to listens? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big podcast guy, and we, we talk about this a lot in our locker room of different – we've got a lot of players that listen to podcasts, and, and I'm, I'm a big uh, Michael Gervais um, uh, listener and also uh, Jocko, and, and I've got his uh, his book on, on extreme ownership that I'm listening to right now on Audible. He's a badass. Oh, yeah. I mean, I love the – there's a lot of parallels. I was a wrestler 
growing up, and there's a lot of parallels between some of what he talks about and, and the life that I lived growing up as a wrestler and uh, from the age of four. So um, I think it's just that we just embrace the growth mindset in, in Buffalo, and I think that's a big piece of it is just finding ways that are at our fingertips to grow and learn. When you hear things, because obviously as a head coach, you're always bringing new messages, new ways to inspire the team. I sometimes think if I was how challenging that would be. Are you just always kind of on the look? Anything you see, do you have a running notebook in your phone? Yeah. I mean, how, how does that work? Yeah, so uh, that's a great question. My assistant and I, we, we compile things in the off season and, and put them in a filing system, really, of, hey, adversity. When we're faced with adversity, here's a couple good things, you know, that we would want to show to the team or talk about or good quotes or a lot of our players really – um, follow the NBA, and so we'll use some of the th- crossover uh, areas of the NBA that they go through, or or Major League Baseball, or golf, and and so we try and use things that people have used, and and just in terms of experiences that they've been in, and we we try and use them when it's relevant for the situation that we're in. I know when Steve Kerr got hired to the Warriors, one of his big things was he got to know Pete Carroll and got to know Dan Quinn. And that's become a big thing in sports with how easy it is to access yeah. people. Are you, you have other friends in other sports or people that maybe even a mentor in yeah. basketball, baseball? Well, uh, I've been fortunate. Yeah, I've been very fortunate to, to, be, to gain access to some of the great minds that are out there, not only in football now, but also other sports. And, and so whether it's uh, in basketball, Jay Wright of the Villanova Wildcats. I've been able to form a relationship with him. He's Kale, had some success. Kale, yeah, <laughs> Kale Sanderson, who's the head wrestling coach at Penn State. Um, you know, there's a couple of Major League Baseball coaches that I've used and, and tried to um, learn from them as well. And so that's part of what we do in Buffalo as well. It's just that, again, that growth mindset, that professional development, making sure that we continue to evolve and grow and develop. Does that help you just talking to Jay or shooting a text to one, Kale, you know, one yeah. of those guys, maybe they just have a different angle on something that you hadn't thought of? Oh, 100%. I mean, they've been some of these these gentlemen are older and have been through things and been head coaches longer than I have and so they've been through some of the things that I'm going through and, and the challenges that I'm facing and and so um, you know those are like one of the texts I sent this off season was, hey what are five books you you would recommend that I read and I'm a big reader of books or listening to podcasts and so just starting that conversation that dialogue has also been good for me what's the hardest part about being a head coach you know, I think there's a lot of that as a leader, which is really what being a head coach comes down to, it's it's more about that than the scheme and everything. It's more about leading people. And I think one of the hardest things of leadership is uh, it's very lonely at times. You have to make some um, unpopular decisions or what's determined to be unpopular at the time in uh, while keeping the greater good of the team and the organization in mind at all times and where we're trying to go, chasing that vision. And, and that's probably been the hardest thing and the loneliest part of the job. What's the easiest part? The easiest part is is, uh, is heaping praise onto what uh, we do and we, what we do well. And that's I think that's necessary, though, too. We celebrate those times. But that's the easiest part when you're, when you're able to reward or award people for what what a great job that they've done. I think that's that's the part that's that's the easiest part because um, when you win, it's like getting texts after a win. You get a lot of texts after a win when you when you go back in your locker after a game. But when you lose, um, for some reason, those 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 texts have been cut down to to two or three for some reason. Small little world right here. We got Matt Nagy walking up. We got multiple Philly guys hey, here. Hey. Philly adopted me. I came for a couple years. <laughs> That's right. Well, I'll get you out of here on this. I, your quarterback. You know, was a pretty polarizing player coming out of Wyoming. I've followed him now on Instagram for a while. I mean, he's a really impressive human, and I, I can see why you loved him. A- as a player, is there a specific area? Because I'd imagine you like the guy a lot and the work ethic. He checks all those boxes. As a football player, is there is there one tangible element that he needs to kind of maybe make a step to take you guys to the next level? Well, and that's the cool thing about Josh is he's really dedicated to improving his overall game, um, his total game. And, you know, last year a lot was said about some of his deep ball things. And the year before a lot was said about his short to intermediate. Short to intermediate this past season was off the charts. And, and so I know Josh is going to go back and work on his total game. And, and that's the part that I love about Josh. And that's one of the big reasons why I love him so much. And he fits Buffalo is because he's such a blue-collar guy that, has earned the respect of his teammates. He's he's a highly competitive young man that all he wants to do is win and doesn't care for necessarily the things that come with it as much as he does about about winning. The throw he made, I think it was in New England, backpedaling. I mean, is that the throw of his career yeah. so far? I mean, it's oh, an incredible hit, play. Yeah, and take a hit that he had, and 
I mean, he's, that's the throws he's capable of making, and we all know that. And so um, I'm just excited to know that, A, he's working, and the trust that I have in Josh when he's not with us is important because I know he's working to hone his craft, and I can't wait to see uh, the Josh Allen that we see when he comes back here in a few months. Well, Sean, congrats on all your success. And just as a football fan, I, I like watching your team kick ass. They are physical. It. You guys are you, you guys hit people in the mouth. I know as a defensive guy, it's got to make you proud. So It, it does. Well, we've got a great group of guys. I appreciate that. Good luck to you. Thank you. Have a good day. Pretty easy just listen to the guy. I mean, Sean McDermott's a, a really, really high-level guy. I'm even more of a Bills fan after reconnecting with the guy. His team's physical. They are coming for the Pats. And if Brady leaves, I don't think it's out of the question that the Bills win the division next year. He had on a good point. Like, I you talk, people try to nitpick Josh Allen, and not nitpick, I mean, he has his struggles, but he answered the bell last year in terms of the short and intermediate. Now he has to improve the deep ball accuracy, but like Sean said, he's answered the bell every, you know, turn that's been asked of him. That's going to be a tough, you know, thing to do, improve his deep ball accuracy where they need it. They need to get him a wide receiver, but the Bills defense is badass. They can run the ball. Sean McDermott's a legit coach. Bills are Bills are coming. I think they're a borderline lock playoff team next year. I feel pretty confident saying that. The Bills are probably going to make the playoffs three years, three times in four years. Sean McDermott's a legit coach. Uh, let's get to another legit coach. Now, again, I, I'm biased, but the Bills are going to be back. I, I promise you that. Lions stink. Vikings are kind of going through some turnover. They lost Everson. Everson Griffin's going to leave in free agency. Diggs might get traded. They're not going to be as I mean, Kirk Cousins is just a guy. The Packers overachieved last year. Now they're still they're still good. They're the team to beat. But I, I like the Bears to bounce back and um, love my guy Matt Nagy. Let's uh, let's let's dive into it. Very very excited. I, I just had one bald brother and Sean McDermott, and I, I'd say this guy's my original bald brother, Matt Nagy, head coach of the Chicago Bears. What's up, Matt? What's going on, man? And for sure, you, I'll tell you what you got to you get the. It's like gleaming off your head right now. It's, it's, I might have to go to that right there. You know, where I Got live in, in California, the sun shines. When's the last time you've seen the sun? <laughs> Let me tell you something. I haven't seen sun in like three weeks. What's going on? Everything, man. It's been great. You know, it's always fun catching up with you and, and uh, you know, just thinking back to the times when we were in Philly, breaking down guys and, and all that, and, and now here we are. But in Indy, watching guys and a lot, a lot of uh, great talent and for us, I think this is um, the evaluation part is so crucial in trying to develop guys. How big is your role in that? It, it gets up there, you know, and, and I appreciate that. Ryan, uh, Ryan Pace, our general manager, and I work really well together in regards to just uh, uh, collectively, you know, collaborating on everything. And so neither one of us have an ego or think it's got to be this guy or got to be that guy. We talk through it, and th- that's what's special. Well, I'd imagine you just did your, you know, media scrum with all the people from Chicago. Uh, number one question, I'm sure, is the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Is that? Some, I mean, you're a quarterback at heart, and I know texting with you during the season, something you take a lot of pride in. That offense. Start with there, the offense. Sure. I mean, is that something? Have you? Have you still losing sleep, or are you kind of locked in now, and you know what needs to happen? Yeah. Well, it, it's it's crazy just because you can see how two different how in 2018 and 2019 can be so different even offensively and so uh as a coach it's about you know solutions and fixing problems that you have and issues and that's what we've been doing uh the competitive nature in all of us is trying to figure out the why part and you know it's easy for everybody to dive right to the quarterback it's easy for everybody to dive to, to different things and usually the quarterback is the one that gets the most um, and, and Mitch knows that he can play a lot better. He understands that. Uh, we know that we can coach better. We know that around him we can be better offensively. Uh, there's no reason for us to, um, to panic, but let's fix, let's fix what, we're, what the issues were. And I think now as we're going through this, we're figuring that stuff out. It's kind of crazy. It shows you how high the standard is. First year you win the division. Right. Next year, I think you get talked about sometimes, like you won three or four games, you won eight. Right. John Schneider said a couple years ago, I remember in Seattle, he's like, everyone talks about us like we're a three-win team. We went nine and seven. You yeah. went eight and eight. Yeah. But that, you know, that margin in the NFL is so small. Is there a position on offense beside the quarterback, power runner, tight end, something that you're kind of honed in on? Yeah, we need, we need to make sure. Line. Yeah, You know what, John? I would say I'd start off at the tight end position. You know how important it is. It's always been this way, back to Philadelphia and then in Kansas City with Coach Reed, is making sure that you have uh, some tight ends that can be playmakers, that can hold the point at the line of scrimmage in the run game, and then can do a little bit of both. And so we didn't have a guy last year that had over 100 yards receiving as a tight end on, wow. our, on, on the whole season. All and season? All season. 
And you know, that's, you know, for those that don't know that number now, does that make or break, you No, that's not the only issue. And we have, we have some guys on our team that uh, had had some injuries and that was a struggle to get on the field with Trey Burton and Adam Shaheen, but that's a part of the process. So that's a focal point for us is to get better there and improve that part, which could help improve other areas on offense. So uh, we're, we're looking at it all and and that's somewhere we're going to attack. You get tired of the Mitch questions? No, because it's a part. It comes with yeah. the territory. Now you mentioned in regards to the the eight and eight and the twelve and four. It was just brought to my attention. If this was flipped now and it was eight and eight the first year and twelve and four the second year, it'd be you'd a be lot a, different. You'd be the right? sexy Super Bowl. Thing. Yeah. So, but that's not how it rolls. So we understand that, and uh, you you know me better than a lot of people, and you understand yeah. how competitive I am, and just knowing how Ryan and I work together, knowing how the culture is of our players. You know, John, we we lost four games in a row this year, and that's hard coming into the building losing four in a row. Our guys never started pointing fingers; they stuck together. Um, they 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 weathered the storm. We ended up winning uh, four out of five games after that. Gave ourselves a chance to possibly make the playoffs until we lost to Green Bay at the end of the year. So I was proud of our team for that. Mitch, the quarterback in 2020. Yes, yes, and I think for us. Um, that's uh, you didn't hesitate. No, I mean it's it's something for him that he understands that he's got to play better. We want him to play better, but let's be better as coaches. Let's scheme better. Uh, let's get the running game going more. Right? How are we going to do that? I don't know. We'll see. We're working through that. Uh, we're we're always going to add add uh, weapons whenever we can. I think you saw what the Chiefs did this year. You talk to any defensive coordinator, they're scared to death of the speed. So you're starting to see a trend there as well. And then this year's draft, there's a ton of those guys. Yeah, there's a balance, right? Because everyone talks about the run-pass ratio. Andy, you know, pass first, mm-hmm. but you got to run the ball when you have the lead. You pass, you pass to get, get the lead, run to win it. Yeah, is that Matt well, Nagy's mind? Do you so, have a philosophy on no, that? No, I, I do. I have my philosophy over time has been do what's working, and every game's a little bit different. So there might be a game where you come in and you feel like you can, you know, really pound the ball and 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 get to a second and four by running the ball and get six yards, then throw a hitch route. Right? There's yeah. just some. They might have press corners that you don't you don't like the matchup. Um, but in my opinion, at some point in time, you need to have. A quarterback, or you need to be able to throw the ball right it, to, to win. You have to have in 2020 somewhere. The you rules do. are here. It, it, I mean. It's just it's just that way. And so um, it might not be every game, but there's going to be a game where you're going to need that. So I think that's the the good part of our offense is that we do develop those guys. And and now with Mitch being in this offense for two years now, he has the foundation of the terminology of where we're at. And now it's a ma- it's it's just a matter of him putting it into action and and improving all across the board. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Extina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Oh, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glazer Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glazer Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glazer Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glazer Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, 
Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. One thing I'm fascinated by, you brought in Flip, you brought in Laser. Uh, you're a quarterback coach mm-hmm. at your heart, so you got a lot of quarterback coaches. You know, some coaches, I know, I know Belichick and Saban are big on specifically determining an individual's role so they know exactly what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Is that something before you made some of these hires that you had in mind exactly what you're looking for in specific coaches? Because from the outside, I haven't asked you about this. You just got a lot of quarterback coaches yeah. going right now. Yeah. And there's can't have three guys yelling at them. Right. right? No, How do you balance that? You're right. There, there, there's roles. And, then, and as long as you're clear with what those defined roles are up front with so those guys. So you take a step back? Yeah. A little? I do. I do, and I think that's a, a good point by you to, to recognize that is what that does is when I can pull back and delegate and trust, then it, it enables um, me to be a better head coach of the whole deal, offense, defense, special teams. John, I think that's where I think last year where if I look back and reflect at where I could have been better, it could have been a better head coach uh, overall in all three areas there, and, and that's where I'm, a little, I'm excited to get back to that well there takes delegation there takes trust with those type of guys and these guys all have had experience in the nfl for a long time and i respect all of them and so i'm excited to see what they're going to do with this offense as we move forward i went to cal poly we call it harvard of the west coast uh (laughs) we have a motto learn by doing Uh and you know you just learn more about yourself whatever professionally personally when you go through something you get you become a head coach Mm -hmm. You had been around Coach Reed for a long period of time, but now you're in that big office. Like you said, last year you kind of take a step back. You realize, God, I could have done this better. Did you have any clue what you were getting into when you became a head coach just in terms of all-encompassing? I mean, your first year went so well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's not like you you went through rocky times. It's impossible to plan for everything. There's so many different silos involved in the head coaching role. Uh, people that need answers from you all the time, and your you know, uh, Coach Reed and, and Coach Childress used to always joke with me that uh, when I was a coordinator, hey, someday you're a head coach, you're going to see you come in and from six o'clock in the morning till six o'clock at night, your door is being knocked on. And I used to always think, yeah, they're exaggerating by about eight hours. They're not. Literally, that door is being knocked on from six a.m. till six p.m. at night. So you either have to come in super early or stay super late when you want to get your stuff done. And and so for me, what I've learned is in these last two years is it's really, really important to surround yourself with people that you trust and you know are, are getting stuff done um, so that you don't have as many of those knocks. And that's where for, for – um, in a lot of, but then there's also the balance of staying involved, right? You like, like that because having I'm, a beat know, on everything, be, being doing the installs, calling plays, but yet listening and being, you know, having being humble enough to know that these other coaches that you're with have great ideas, and that's one of the strengths that Coach Reed has is he surrounds himself with great coaches, and and he and then he he doesn't have a big ego. He takes all their ideas and uses them, and it turned into a Super Bowl for him. Did you feel at times this year when it kind of fell off the rails quote-unquote that you felt overwhelmed because you were doing so much and you didn't have like well I've been doing this for 10 years so I know exactly where to turn left where to turn right it was just you're in deep you just have to kind of figure it out but you know it, it just got into a weird position it was and weird and, 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 and I was learning through the process and so were our coaches too you know our, our coaches um, last year that were here they all wanted the same thing they're all really good guys that worked hard and it just for whatever reason it ended up not being good for us as an offensive staff and 
um, that, you know, there's, there's hard discussions and conversations that you have, at, have to have at the end of the year. We're all friends yeah. and, and, but it is a business and, you know, I wish those guys nothing but the best. They're all great people. And, and for us though, it's an, ex, it's an exciting new time and we don't want to dwell on what was the past. We want to, we want to look forward to what's the future. And defensively, obviously you were happy last year for your guy getting a head coaching job, Vic's right. beauty. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he's one of the best in the businesses. You, you go to Chuck Pagano who has a long resume of leading good defenses, but there is a transitional period. Sure. Do you expect the defense to be a lot better this year than it was last year? You know what? Even though it wasn't yeah, even that bad last right. year. And the that, standard was and, so high. And, and that's right. The standard was so high from the year before, kind of like our team, you know, 12 and 4 to 8 and 8, our defense was breaking world records in 2018 on another how many level. Touch, how many touchdowns did you guys score? like six ten? touchdowns. Yeah. You know, it, it was a lot. And so to, to come in as a defensive coordinator and get compared to that right away, that's hard. Vic's a hell of a coordinator and knows his stuff. He's really good at what he does. And um, uh, for Chuck to come on in here, that's a tough transition. I thought he handled it really well and, and gaining those players' trust and knowing – uh, you know how to how to scheme and how to build those relationships, but I think it's going to be even better this year because now he can not, not only will they learn who Chuck is, but Chuck will learn now who those players are and how to use their strengths and tweak what he does. I mean, how many teams in the NFL have a better core than you on defense with Khalil, Akeem, Roquan? I know he got hurt, but yeah. he'll be back. And Eddie. I mean, yeah. every level, multiple guys at the front, the most important level, and then two guys that can fly around. I mean, Roquan's got a chance to be pretty special. Oh yeah, no, no doubt about it. And and I think for us, and that's what hurt us last year, John, is that we had Akeem Hicks go down in the Oakland game. Uh, the elbow which was huge in yeah. the elbow. That 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 really hurt us. And then both of our middle linebackers and Trevathan, who's our team leader, and and Roquan Smith down the middle. Our middle was hurting, you know. And that, but that's a that's a, we didn't have that the year before. We didn't get injured, so that's yeah. a part of football. Uh, so you were lucky. Your backups were pretty good, yeah, and they played well. Quickowski yeah. came in. He's a free agent. He played really well. KPL, who was with us, and uh, Kevin Pierre Lewis, who was with us in Kansas City. So um, you know that part was good, but. Uh, I think all in all, we have a nice balance of vets that are young and hungry, and they're 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 you know they're kind of pissed off about what happened last year, and they're they're ready to get going. Well, you, you were telling me you took your your kids. The All Star Weekend was there. I remember you and I used to bond over big OKC fans yeah. back when KD and Russ were really young. Sure, you know? sure. And uh, so, ha- who'd your sons follow when they took off to their? Well, I mean, Russ got traded. Yeah, but. they're 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 still uh, speaking of Vic Fangio. My gosh, there he is, the brain trust. You know. The brain trust. Uh, they still follow uh, Russell Westbrook. They're big Russell Westbrook fans. Um, you know, Dwayne Wade. And, and so it, it's fun. We, we just enjoy. Were they Warriors haters? Uh, maybe a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I mean, if Russ is your guy. You know? Well, I think they, they, they just felt a little abandoned, you know, when, when KD ended up taking off, you know, because yeah. uh, they were, you know, being in Kansas City and a few hours away from OKC, we used to go to some of the games. And, um, but that's a, part of, that's a part of the business. And, and uh, just watching that talent down on that court and seeing what's down there at that All-Star weekend, man, is that unbelievable. Well, one thing I asked Sean is – when Steve Kerr got hired to the Warriors, he became friends with Pete Carroll and then knew Dan Quinn and Parcells. He, he loves football, yeah. but he like used those guys as mentors and, sure. and bounce ideas. Since you become a head coach, or maybe even before, are there coaches in other sports that you talk to? Yeah, you're right. So um, when it first started, when I got here, it was, it was Coach Joe Madden of the Cubs yeah. when I got here. Now that's through Chicago, and that was great because he was a Pennsylvania guy. You threw out a first pitch, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, a couple. Um, I broke 90. Um, but But uh, – uh, in basketball, which is, that is true? I just, you broke ninety. No, oh, no, you that. know that. Um, you can probably hit low eighties. <laughs> you got a good arm. Ended up uh, uh, becoming uh, friends th- uh, through a podcast with Coach K. Wow. Yeah, which was really neat to, uh, a couple years ago, and and so uh, I, I just have. How do we not just have the ultimate respect right. for a guy like that? So that's modern been good. John Wooden. In, that's right. right. Listening to his advice and who he is, and he's a Bears fan, so that that's that's fun. Um, you know, just this year in the off season, uh, Jawan Howard coaching at Michigan. Yeah. So he came by, and he's a Bears fan. So we got to hang out. We just talk talk philosophies and talk building cultures. He spent a lot yeah. of time around Pat Riley, right? Yeah, so right. Knows. You know, he knows, and so that that was really neat. And then Coach Doc Rivers. Um, God, it, you got some cool friends. Yeah, they're, he's they're, Chicago guy. They're Bears. They're Bears fans. So yeah. we've built these relationships, and you know, for me, uh, what I would like to do now it's their it's their busy time right now while it's our off time. But just to be able to to listen to how they do things and how they teach, what better what better guys are the three guys I just named? You know, so there's there's several more out there, but those are some of the ones that jump off. 
I know you become a little numb to it all. You're a head coach in the NFL. You've been in the NFL a long time. But do you ever? I know you're just a big sports guy. You're like, I'm texting Coach K right yeah. now. Yeah. I mean, is that yeah. kind of even Doc it's, Rivers? Yeah. But when you were growing up, he was in the playing in the NBA. All of them. They're just they're you just there's that there's that special bond that you have with them, the mutual respect from the head coaching side. But then, like you're saying, growing up, knowing who Coach K is and getting handwritten postcards from him. Uh, just letters, you know, all handwritten, and being able to text back and forth, and and just That's support support one another. And so that part is really neat. Uh, being able to take it to the next level to actually learn techniques that he has on how he does things would be what I would want to do. Yeah. Uh, and then a guy like Doc Rivers, um, you know, like you said, as a player with the Hawks, and now what he's done as a coach, just the way he shows so much support for his players and the way he goes about things, it, it, for me, it's it's unbelievable. Take- and Jawan Howard, a guy who's you know not much older building a new culture in Michigan, taking over his alma mater. They're pretty good He's this so year. so passionate. Yeah, yeah. And I just – I love that part. And, and these are all such humble guys, and that's what I grab from them and, and just really root for those guys. What do you got on the deck the rest of the offseason? Well, we're, we're uh, here in about 45 minutes. You, we're, I'm, we're getting together as a staff. We're going to do some scheme eval. So we're going to – I'll follow you in we're, there. We're, can, I, yeah. can I bring my camera? We're, we're, we're working, man. We're working. Sir, that, that's what you guys we are, are doing here? Yeah, we're doing that here. We, we did it yesterday. We're going to do it today. I just think there's a lot of time where guys new are coaches. sitting – Yeah, new coaches. Let's use it. So we're going to get together, work through some, some scheme eval stuff, and then uh, really hammer through this draft and the free agent process coming up. Uh, it's always fun to, to see how that goes. Uh, and then just, you know, when you have a season that goes the way ours went, where you go 8-8, eight and eight, you get that taste out of your mouth, you're ready to start fresh. So when April 20th comes in and these players get back in here, it's a new it, it's it's a new time for us, and I'm really, really excited. How do you balance right now watching free agents, watching draft guys? Have you spent the last month doing that? A little with- bit of both, yeah. It's a juggling act, which, which is fine. You know, there's some guys that pop up on the radar. Hey, go check this guy out or that guy. You know where your needs are. And then, you know, as far as uh, – the 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 um the draftable guys at the combine you get a nice feel while you're here in the next couple of days there's a couple of guys that jump out at you that maybe you didn't think about you go back and watch tape and i think that's the key is making sure that you watch enough tape to truly evaluate these guys okay i'll get you out of here on this andy veach they made the super bowl this year i went i went out there for the week miami you go to tampa next year i'm going you might have to pay for it, but I'll be there. I got you, I'll man. Be there. I got you. Okay, you Come go, on I'll in. be there. All right, I like it. Bald head brother, right? <laughs> Thanks, man. You're the man. Appreciate it. All right, it. man. Juan Gabriel. Juan Gis. Selena. Selena. Celia Cruz. Azúcar. Harold G. La Bichota. Christina Aguilera. Ex-Tina. Just to name a few. We're serving the whole story. From rags to riches. And all the tea in between. I'm Liliana Vasquez. And I'm Joseph Carrillo. And we're the host of Becoming an Icon Season 2. Guess who's back in the house? And we're bringing you even more stories behind the world's biggest stars in Latin music. Certified Latin royalty. Consider us your star sleuths, your chisme besties, digging beneath los mejores éxitos to bring you everything you didn't know about your favorite Latin icons. Hey, you know what, my boo? You're my favorite icon. Aw, Joseph. Listen to Becoming an Icon, part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Nikki Glaser Podcast. Her roast of Tom Brady stole the show. Now she's talking about it on the latest episode of the Nikki Glaser Podcast. I said, tell Tom Brady that I'm the Tom Brady of roasting. Lots of people roasted the goat, but only Nikki is still being talked about. Every time I refresh my DMs, it's 14 blue check marks of people I didn't even know who knew me are writing like paragraphs to me. Hear that in all episodes of the Nikki Glaser Podcast on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Nikki Glaser Podcast to start listening. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, 
You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, let's. Uh, that was pretty cool. Nagy, McDermott, doesn't suck. Andy next week, Howie Roseman next week, and just more takes. I, I got, you know, I'm running on fumes, but I'm going to dig deep because at the end of the day, I'm just recording a podcast. So I'm going to do a couple Middlecoff mailbag questions and get you out of here on this. At John Middlecoff is my Instagram handle. Slide right up in those uh, DMs. Ask me whatever you want, and I'll answer them here. Gabe, with the Bears releasing Taylor Gabriel and Prince, do you think they're creating cap space to make a move at quarterback? I'd personally see more competition in the quarterback. I'd personally like to see more competition in the quarterback room. I think they're definitely going to bring competition, but as you heard Nagy, you're not bullshitting me. Like Mitch, they're starting quarterback. Maybe unless like Brady wants in, which it doesn't feel like he's going to go to the Bears. But yeah, I just think that Mitch Trubisky is going to be the starting quarterback. He's got to coach his ass up. It's just that simple. They got away with Mitch Trubisky. Peter King reported that the NFL is exploring a Sunday and Monday night experiment if the new playoff system is approved. As a consumer, I think it's electric despite its disadvantages. What it will lead to? Thoughts? I agree. Like, you can't, how do you have a Monday night football game and then that team plays a Sunday when the other team is either getting a bye or played on Saturday? It's not fair. Like, it, there's competitive disadvantages and then there's just unfair. But as a consumer, you give me Sunday or Monday night, we're in. I mean, they like cha ching, cha ching, cha ching. They like printing cash. That's what the NFL likes. They like moving the needle with viewership. And you put it on Sunday night and you put it on Monday night. And people flock to this thing we call the couch, and we turn on the television, and we consume for three hours. That's what the league's thinking. I do feel bad talking to some of these coaches. The owners don't give a shit about what the coaches want. They don't care at all. They want to print money. That is their goal, and they're good at it. And Monday night and Sunday night prints cash, so everything's on the table when it comes to owners, I think. you know They're open to doing just about anything. Hey, John, Coward came out with a take. The Packers should go with a quarterback in round one. Based on the rookie wage scale today, is it worth taking a guy and sitting him for potentially three or four years? The benefit of taking a guy round one, and he's cheap, you could build around him, keep up the great work. I uh, You like how I read that last part? That I, I think it's more like, is Aaron Rodgers coming down the home stretch? Like He showed legit signs of, I don't want to say falling off the map, but relative to his standards, he was not as good as the Aaron Rodgers we know. Now, this is a big year for him. Like, he bounces back. You'd just be like, oh, he's 36. He's still got four or five years left. What if he keeps declining? You want to have a pitch in your back pocket, and that's a that's a backup quarterback that's young that you can build around. Now, the hard part for them is they could, you know, argue they're a couple players away from winning a Super Bowl, right? You get a sweet wide receiver. You get a tight end. All of a sudden, your offense is legit. Your defense is already decent. All You know, you're competing to win, you know, the Super Bowl. So I that that would be the balance. Like I'd rather have a I'd rather get a wide receiver to go with Devonte and Aaron, and sign a tight end in the offseason like Austin Hooper, and then get Austin Hooper, Lavishka Chanel, Devonte Adams, Rogers. Let's roll in the running backs. Question for the pod: Since listening to you, I agree that building a defense from the front to the back makes the most sense. As a Ravens fans, it worries me that we invest so much in the secondary over the front seven this past season seemed to work out. What are your thoughts on Eric DaCosta in general, and more specifically his philosophy when it comes to building a defense? Favorite podcast by far. Love you, then. Uh, well, yeah, I would always go defensive line first. The one thing the Ravens, though, have done consistently is develop uh, defensive linemen, right? I mean, Zadarius Smith, the Zudon guy, right now I didn't even know who he was. When I was in the league, they were always pumping out 
trying to think, uh, McPhee, they draft in the mid-rounds. They're really good. If the Steelers dominate drafting wide receivers, the Ravens dominate drafting defensive linemen. So I, I wouldn't be that worried. I, you know, they, the Ravens just know what they're doing. Their coaching – I mean, Wink Martindale is just – he's probably a lifetime defensive coordinator. He's just a big-time coach. I, I'd feel pretty good about it if I was you. From a talent standpoint, how far off do you think the Giants are from contending the NFC East? Someone told me at dinner last night, I was at dinner with some of my scouting buddies that I work with in Philly, and uh, they're not they're all over the country now, different teams, so I don't want to throw them under the bus. But I, I don't think they're a, top, they're a bottom five roster. A bottom five roster. Now, Saquon, elite player, one of the best players in the league. One of my buddies actually likes Danny Dimes. So they got Saquon, they got Danny Dimes. What else? Their offensive line stinks. Their defense, they don't have any defensive players. They don't have one good defensive player. Well, I guess the, the guy they drafted last year from Clemson solid, but he's a nose tackle. They got a long, long way to go. Uh, Seahawks fan here. So obviously not the biggest Niner supporter. That being said, I love San Fran being good again this year because it, to have rejuvenate the Hawks-Niners rivalry of the recent past. Whenever both of our teams are good, the games are wild and clearly some of the most hard-fought of the season. Some of my favorite football moments have come from these games. From Sherman tipping the end zone past the Chancellor, absolutely decking Vernon Davis, clean hit by the way, I agree. I definitely enjoy it so much more that both teams are good and the rivalry is heated. What are your thoughts on the rivalry? Do you guys do you guys have as much passion and excitement behind it? Do you, I don't know, do me, like me personally? I freaking love it. I mean, it's my favorite game of the year. Uh, I would say 15 years ago, my favorite game in the NFL was Pittsburgh-Baltimore. I like bloodbaths. I watch football for the violence, for the physicality. Now, I love the skill. I love quarterbacks throwing touchdowns. I love running backs busting out big runs. But I'm old school. I'm a 35-year-old old-school football viewer. And I love people getting depleted. And I was at the Monday night game that went into overtime that they kicked the game-winning field goal with no time left. That thing was a war zone. The second game in Seattle... I mean, the, the the hits that go on there. Seattle was not as good as the Niners. And they basically came within an inch of beating them twice. Because Seattle is a heavyweight fighter. They're like Rocky Balboa. You know, you're like, God, they don't have that many sweet players. I mean, Russell's a star, but their roster wasn't that great. How do they do it? Because they are mentally and physically tough. And I'll give Kyle a lot of credit. Uh, they are too. So it's, it's my favorite game of the year right now. I mean, I love it. Now, I'm biased, you know. But it's a sweet game. I've had a scenario I've been thinking of to clear out some cap space and thought I'd see what you think. Would it be possible to franchise Armstead and package him and D. Ford and pick 31, this is getting big, to the Washington Redskins to get number two, Chase Young, a second or third rounder on top? I don't know what the dead cap would be for Ford, not that high. Would move would potentially open up some salary cap space, just splitting the idea out here spitballing the idea out here. Yeah, I don't think that's on the table. I mean, the Redskins actually defensive line is pretty good. Again, the Redskins might take a quarterback. I'm telling you. Their, their defense is fine. Add a couple corners. to go. Their front seven's good. Dwayne Haskins stinks. Uh, San Diego native, I really hope Rivers goes somewhere good so the two things I want both can happen. Rivers to win a Super Bowl and the L.A. Chargers to suck forever. Chargers are such a clown show. Dean Spanos, what an embarrassment to the league. Uh, would you like to grow your Instagram pictures like organically or make your profile look balanced and reach out to maximum people? No, I just want to post Instagram pictures. I don't give a shit about that. Is there a scenario that Carolina makes a big splash and makes a huge haul to trade up for Burrow? They hire Joe Brady and Matt Rule may be looking to guarantee his success with a franchise quarterback in an 11th hour situation. No, I think they're going to tank and get a quarterback next year. I think the Panthers are going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Trader cut Cam and just... And just stink for Lawrence. Uh, lifelong Giants fan. With the number four pick, are we at the point where trading down isn't an option for a bundle of picks? Is it a strong class? So I imagine trading down can be the worst thought. The problem is Dave Gettleman has never traded down in his career. In like eight drafts or seven drafts, Peter King wrote it, ne- not one trade down in his entire career. Think about that. Think how nuts that is. That's crazy. Okay, appreciate you listening. Hope you enjoyed the pod, talking to those guys, and... Uh, Thanks for the support. Hope you enjoyed the content. And uh, have a great weekend. Adios.
Ready, set, griddle this grilling season. Get the Weber Slate Rust Resistant Griddle with a carbon steel cooktop that's safe for metal tools. It's pre-seasoned and ready to cook on right out of the box. It's the griddle that stays ready, not rusty. This griddle heats evenly edge to edge. It reaches up to 500 degrees. The Weber Works Prep cook and store system keeps cooking supplies handy, and you can carry all the food, condiments, and utensils you need. Get fired up for your new Weber Slate Rust I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 